Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. As we adapt in this season of pandemic, we are meeting in our house churches in person and online as a primary space for worship, formation, connection, and encouragement. Teachings like this are one way we engage with scripture seeking to become more like Christ. These teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at House Church. We're glad you're listening. So we've been, first of all, it's good to see all of your faces. Um, I haven't been here in quite some time. Uh, my goal of growing the man bun didn't quite make it all the way, but it's getting there. So I'm really excited for that. That was one of my goals for sabbatical. Um, uh, but I'm just really grateful to be back with you all. Um, I'm nervous. I haven't been in front of a microphone or preaching in quite some time, um, but I'm excited to encourage us this morning uh, to turn our hearts towards the Lord. I appreciate that we started our worship gathering this morning after the welcome with a song that we didn't have the lyrics for. Um, and that's my fault because it came to me like eight o'clock this morning. And I'm grateful that Dan and the worship team was willing and able to jump in and take care of it. Um, but there's a reason for that. We've been talking about what it is to be church all summer. Uh, I've been going back and listening to uh, many of the teachings. Unfortunately, we don't have last week's teaching or the last gathering where Ben used profanity. Um, shocker, he didn't record it. I'm really bummed about that. It was awesome. I was like, man, I came back. This is great. Um, but I want to remind us, we, we meet for one reason. It's actually one person. We meet for Jesus. And our task as the Renew community is formation for mission, to look, to act, to smell like Jesus for the sake of the world. And when we talk about formation, we talk about what it is to be the church, we must talk about worship. And so what is worship? I want us just to take like five minutes with the people around you and just wrestle with that question. What is worship? How would you talk about it? How would you define it? But just take a few minutes chat through that question, and then I'm going to come back and we'll talk a little bit more. Go ahead. Uh, my, my guess is that like, like what I experienced, um, I'm going to move this real quick. My guess is like what I experienced this week is I had an opportunity to reflect and to, to really try to think about this. How many of you felt a little bit taken off guard, not off guard by the question, but like you had to stop and think like, yeah, what, what is that? And anyone other than me? It's interesting, right? Because this is something, if you grew up in the church, like you've been doing this every Sunday for, you know, however old you are, you know, minus vacations and things like that. But it's something that is kind of central to the identity of what it means to be a community of faith. Um, and I think these are some of my thoughts and, and this is not, man, this, I feel like we could spend the next three years talking about this particular topic. Um, but here are some things that I was thinking through, um, and we're going to just take a few minutes to, to, to just to play with this for, yeah, just for the sake of getting a deeper understanding together of what it means to be a worshiping community, what it means for Renew to be a worshiping community. And one of the best ways to think about any topic, but worship specifically, is what it isn't. And so worship isn't a way for us to get God to do what we want. 
Uh, it's not a place for us to come to make God happy. So in return, we can consume the things that we think that we need. Um, it isn't just singing, right? I, I heard a couple people say, yeah, like it, it could be a song, but it's not just a song. Um, someone in our group mentioned that, you know, it's like, it's it's anything you do that is glorifying to God. So it could be this or that or the other thing. It could be in a church service or at your home or all over. It could be the way that we work. Uh, it could be doing the, the folding the laundry, changing diapers, reading scripture, raising hands, dancing. Uh, our whole lives are somehow enveloped up in this in this idea. And and worship is really about the posture of our hearts. Worship isn't about you. And I know that that sounds really simple, but I think that's something to be reminded of because we swim in a cultural stream that says all of life is about me and my gratification. And worship brings us out of that to say, actually, it's not about me. And worship is not about our preferences and our style, but these things can be important. So what is worship? These are just some like random thoughts that I was throwing on the page. Worship is our responding to God's unconditional and reckless love. That we as people are actually created to worship. We all worship something. And the question is, what is it that we worship? What do we subscribe our worth or what is worth the most in our life? That thing we will worship. I remember years ago, uh, JR asked a great question. He said, if we take a look at your bank statement, we might have a pretty good view on what you worship. And that's a challenge for me. That's a challenge. It should be a challenge for all of us. Worship is something that we do together as a community. And it's also something we do with the ordinary daily rhythms of our everyday life. When we're together, we come with this expectation that God is among us. We, we actually believe that as Christians, that Christ is present in all of us and he's present here as we gather. We also believe that he is speaking and active and inviting us to life with him here in this space, in this park. The songs that we sing, they, they have a way to form and guide our hearts. They give us permission. Like in the Psalms, we find ourselves uh, getting rowdy and cheering and going nuts and jumping up and down and dancing and raising our hands. We find ourselves shouting, thank you, God. The songs that we sing, they remind us of who God is. And the songs lead us in expressing our longing for healing, for forgiveness, for surrender. Sometimes they shape us to cry out for mercy and comfort. But it's where worship feels like it's the place where we let go of our strivings and we fall into the loving arms of our loving Father. It's where we hear the words, Douglas, I love you. Becky, I love you. Rick, I love you. Jason, Christy, I love you. There's something that happens in that space when we enter into worship. And so I think that, I think there's a million things that we could talk about, but I want to focus on three, what worship is. And worship is a, first and foremost, our response to God it's the alignment of our hearts to God's heart. And it's what sends us into the world to love our neighbors. And so worship as our response to God is simple. Father, Son, Holy Spirit are at the center of our worship. And we come to respond to the God. It starts with who God is and what he is like. And we have been in Ephesians. So I want to remind us 
the book of Ephesians starts with a response from the Apostle Paul. I want to read it again. And this is Paul going off. Imagine him doing hand, back handsprings and, and flips as his heart is just thinking about how good God is. He says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption, sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which we has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will. <clears throat> according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. And he goes on and on. But that's what a responsive heart, that's where this worship comes from. It begins with this understanding of the amazing bigness of who God is and that not even that he's so big and distant, but he's present and with us. N.T. Wright said something really profound. He said, we can't just acknowledge a God like this at a distance and carry on as before. But the idea is Jesus has given us new life, new hearts. He's paid our debts. He's adopted us as beloved sons and daughters, and he's given us a new identity, and we get to respond to him because he wants us to draw close to his heart. And so we come to this place, we come to a place of worship as our response to God, not to focus on ourselves, but to seek Jesus and his heart together, to pour out our lives before him. And it's our proclamation that Jesus is Lord over whatever circumstance that we bring to this space, whatever circumstance we face at home, to proclaim that Jesus is Lord is a response to God. It's a response that says God is in control, that God is good, and that he is working and redeeming the world around us. Our response is that we bring our whole self, that we hide nothing before God, and we say these really simple words to God, I love you. As a dad, one of the things that Mary and I talk about frequently is um, my, my oldest, when he was happy, he would sing and hum. And it was this beautiful response Then, like, we just knew that when, when, when he was at that place where he just felt at peace and happy, usually like different theme songs from cartoons or Star Wars movies and things like that. But there's something that happens, like kids get that, that, that understanding of peace and there's a response. They respond to that. And that response as a dad would like draw me in closer, like I'd start humming the theme songs too. But it's this beautiful way of understanding just how much God loves us and what it is to respond to a God who sees us and who cares for us. Worship is also the alignment of our hearts to God's heart because we need to check ourselves at the door when we walk into his presence. We become like who or what we worship. Through worship, we long to become like Jesus. That's why our songs, if you're like, man, we sing a lot about Jesus. It's like, yep, we do. And I hope we never stop that. Yeah, we, you guys talk a lot about this Jesus person. Absolutely, because, because we want our focus to be on the man, Jesus. We don't want it to be on how we might feel this day, or we don't want it to be on all this other stuff. We want to focus on the one thing singular, because we realize that only Jesus can heal. Only Jesus can realign our hearts. 
Only Jesus is the one that saves us. There's nothing else. And as we express our love for God, we begin to align our identity again. We begin to remember who God says we are as beloved sons and daughters. In house church last week, Kelly made this amazing statement. We were ta- I can't even remember what we were talking about, and it's probably completely out of context. I'm probably going to butcher it too. But she said, you know what's great is when we're in community, when we really live into life together, it's like we continue to remind each other who God says we are. And I think that's what happens when we enter as a worshiping community to realign our hearts. But it also is really easy for our hearts to get out of rhythm pretty fast. As I began shaping this teaching this week, uh, my heart was, my literal heart that's right about here in my chest was out of rhythm. I was in AFib for like 30 plus hours. It was uncomfortable and weird and hard. But I think what was so interesting is I love the fact that God takes all the stuff in our life and somehow uses it as an opportunity to teach us something about how good he is. And I feel like what I learned is as I was laying on the table, like I'm fine, like I'm laying on a table, my heart sounds like a jazz drummer, it's all over the place. And you know, the nurses and the doctor, they come in and they, they put me to sleep and I wake up and my heart's back in rhythm. It just reminded me a lot of what our posture of worship should be. That our posture is sometimes my heart is way out of whack. Like I've been focused so much on whether it's a mask or a vaccination or this or that or the other thing that I forgot that actually Jesus is the most important thing. Whether I figure out this or figure out that, it's going to be subset to the goodness of God. And so when we bring our hearts back in alignment, it's like something happens. And what is great is I don't know what happened. All I know is that I was talking to the guy and I woke up giggling. And it's probably the drugs wearing off. And sometimes that happens in worship. I've been around some of you. And that's a good thing. But there's something about losing ourselves in the person of Christ. And when we can do that, it's like he does this miraculous work inside of us. And he brings our heart beating back to the things that are important to him. And that's where we go. That's the space that God has called us to inhabit. And so I'm grateful that I got cardioverted this week because it was this beautiful reminder that I come with my heart broken and out of rhythm, or I come excited and joyful, but all of us come and are called to come to be under the rule and reign of Christ Jesus, our King. And friends, no matter how we showed up today, we need alignment. And sometimes that means we have an idol exposed. Sometimes it actually shows us that we've been so angry and God is lovingly inviting us to let that go and to pick up the kingdom of God. Sometimes it means we are jumping up and down and we are going nuts like when the kids were running down the aisle. Sometimes it means looking like the teenagers walking down the aisle like this or like this, and that's okay. But we bring ourselves as we are and have our hearts realigned to the purpose and the person of Jesus. Christ is at work when we come and when we put ourselves on the table and say, Lord, do whatever you're going to do. That is what it is to have a heart of worship. The last thing I want to talk about is that worship doesn't end at the benediction. But worship is something that sends us out into the world to love our neighbors. And I just wanted to read something. This is um, Ben Pitson has taught some of the most incredible teachings on John chapter 4, the woman at the well. There's this picture in our office. I came back and we have a picture in our office, which is awesome. Thank you for doing that, Ben. But the picture is a picture of a well or of a bucket kind of being pulled up from the well. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. 
But this story comes in the midst of that. And it's in John 4, verse 19 is where I'm going to start. It said, the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. And you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we wor- we We know what we worship for the salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. We could go a hundred different directions with this teaching. But I want to say this. Worship has left the building. Jesus' conversation with this beautiful daughter is significant. Because God's postal address to a community that thought it was important to be in a specific place no longer matters. That it wasn't about going to the temple any longer, but it was every, the, but that the presence of Christ was everywhere, living in every heart of his sons and daughters. My friends, this is our identity as a church without a building. Can I get an amen? We have been a worship, worshiping community that has been able and has had the honor to call many places sacred. Thank you. We met at Margine's. We met at 3rd and Walnut Bar. We met in gyms. We met in classrooms. We met outside in parks, and we meet in homes. And the hope is that as we are meeting in all these places, we recognize how tiring it is to put a new place in a GPS. But we hope that this is actually beginning to shape all the spaces that we enter as sacred spaces, including the office on Monday morning. Because worship encompasses all that we are and all that we do. All of our lives, Sunday through Sunday, is lived as worship. We offer up our lives in response to the reckless love of God. How we speak to our families matters. How we speak to our friends matters, our coworkers. How we speak to the people we dif- that, who disagree with us matters. How we handle our money is worship. How we, get st- how we steward our time at work is worship. How we conduct business is worship. How we love our spouses is worship. How we love our neighbors is worship. And everything else that I left off this list is coram dio, which is a Latin phrase that says living in the presence. Or as some have translated to live in the face of God or live before the face of God. My friends, worship is living in the presence of God. That's who we are as a community. We are people who are called to live before the face of God. And Renew, I wanted to call us to look at the times that we gather as a time to encounter. It's a time to encounter the the refreshing love of Jesus. It's time to be reminded of his goodness. It's time for us to actually come with an anticipation that God is going to show up and speak and work and move in our midst like maybe he hasn't before. Because when we come and we lay on the table and we say, God, it's all yours. And if you're going to bring this thing back into rhythm, great. If not, I'm going to trust you anyways. We come with an expectation that God is going to show up and meet us. As we worship, I think we are called to see it as a way of God's kingdom being revealed more and more in our lives. And more and more as we go out into the world. Jesus' presence is with each of you. Like he is present in you. The kingdom of heaven is present in you. And where you go, the worshiping community of saints follow. 
Where you go becomes a beachhead and a possibility for the mission of God to go forward. It becomes a possibility for the love of Christ to spread like a virus throughout an entire community, throughout um, co-workers and all the spaces in which we get a chance to be. The song that we sang at the beginning is one of my favorite songs of worship. And probably because I grew up in that era. And I'm sure a lot of us, when we think back to the era that we were really connecting with Jesus, there are like songs just stick into your head. The song's called The Heart of Worship. It was penned by a guy who has written many worship songs. We've sung a lot of them over the years here at Renew. But the story goes like this, that the church had lost part of who she was. Uh, the band was writing all this music. The preaching was fantastic. But it just seemed like something was off, like there needed to be a realignment. And so the senior pastor literally unplugged the sound system, unplugged the instruments, and they learned to worship without any sound, without any accompaniment for a season of time. And as they were doing this, God began to realign their hearts. And the song that was brought to the church from the worship leader is called The Heart of Worship. And I've asked Dan to lead the song for us this morning as our call to worship. But even now, as we have an opportunity to respond to God. Um, if you don't know the lyrics, it's fine. If you're one of those people that needs to see the lyrics, you all have pocket professors. You can pull them up and, and sing along. But I want this to be a space and a time where we have opportunity to just be with Jesus. I feel like we're at a significant point as a community. I've only been back two weeks, so I'm, I'm still learning a lot of what's going to happen. But I feel like the church in North America, but Renew specifically, that we're at a significant point in our life. And I think what we need to do is, I don't still feel like we've lost our way, but there seems to be a ton of distractions in our life on a daily basis in our world. And worship is a place where we come back to Jesus, we get on the table, and we allow him to cardiovert our hearts back to the simple news that Christ loved us and gave his life for us. And so I'm going to have Dan and the worship team come back up, and they're going to lead us in the song. And like, I just want this to be this, this almost like the, the prayer of our hearts together, collectively, whatever posture that needs to, to, to space and to take. There's just a really simple prayer. And it's two parts. It's renew me, O oh God, and it's renew, renew. Bring us alive. Bring our hearts back into it. And so if you're able, I want to encourage you to stand and sing with us. Or maybe you just need to stay seated and reflect on what God has been doing, what he's showing you, what he might be inviting you into this morning. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for your deep love that you have for us. Thank you that we get to be people that respond to that great love. Thank you that you're not distant, that you're close. Thank you that we get to do life together. And God, we're just so amazed by how you've blessed this community over the years, how you've continued to be faithful and how you are an inviting, loving God who continues to bring us into the spaces where you call us to. So, Lord, we pray that this morning that you would renew us again. Lord, we pray that as we enter into a season where it just feels like there's a lot of black eyes around us, that we would just be pressing into that prayer of renew us and renew, renew. Lord, we love you and thank you. Accept our worship this morning as pleasing in your sight. Help us to get on the table. 
and just lay there and smile at you. Lord, may we sense your smile back. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.